Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Putting Patients First, Optimizing Outcomes via Collaborative Care in Pre-Treated Advanced Triple Negative Breast Cancer Treatment. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This program has been supported by an independent educational grant from Gilead Sciences Incorporated. Hello, my name is Javier Cortez. I'm a breast cancer medical oncologist leading the International Breast Cancer Center in both cities, Madrid and Barcelona in Spain. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Sarah Donawe, breast oncology nurse practitioner at the UCSF Medical Center, San Francisco, California. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for the introduction, Javier. It's great to be here. The recent FDA approvals for the antibody drug conjugates and PARP inhibitors have expanded treatment options for locally advanced or metastatic triple negative breast cancer beyond chemotherapy. Importantly, with new options, the importance of maintaining patient quality of life by proactive adverse event management increases substantially. Let's discuss. Yeah, thank you very much, Sarai. When we are talking about triple negative breast cancer, I think that we all agree that chemotherapy plus immunotherapy, if P1 positive is the standard of care, but in the second line setting, we clearly do have different options depending on the biomarker testing. I think that if the patient does have a germline BRCA mutation, the PARP inhibitors are maybe the best option. And if not, cytosumab covitican will be the optimal drugs to be delivered. And if we are going to administer antibody drug conjugates in triple negative breast cancer, basically cytosumab covitican, the most important adverse events, at least according to the phase three ASIN study, for SG, cytosumab covitican, have neutropenia, diarrhea, and nausea. But we should not forget other important adverse events, gastrointestinal toxicity, fatigue, and sometimes electrolyte abnormalities, skin changes, and maybe others. If we are talking about PARP inhibitors, maybe the amount of toxicity of the grade of the adverse events is different, but once again, myelosuppression, GI toxicities, and a fatigue. If we are going to talk about the most adverse events, I would say anemia, fatigue, and nausea. But the key aspect here is what about the number of patients who will discontinue treatment based on these maybe grade three or four adverse events? It is important to manage these adverse events properly to try to decrease the discontinuation of these agents. So, Sarah, from a multidisciplinary approach, how do you think that this helps to achieve these goals? It certainly is crucial to make sure patients are able to stay on their treatments at the highest dose possible that they can tolerate. And you have to have a good nursing team so that we can intervene early and one, improve their quality of life, hopefully by giving them some tools to treat their side effects, but also to keep them safe. Sarah, that was a great summary. In the next session, we will review the major adverse events we have seen with antibody drug conjugate that we use in patients with triple negative breast cancer. In this session, we will review the key adverse events that are associated with antibody drug conjugates for the treatment of triple negative breast cancer and management strategies for those adverse events. In our last session, Dr. Cortez reviewed the common side effects of sasituzumab govotecan. How do you manage these side effects, Dr. Cortez, in your practice? Thanks, Sarah. Two most important adverse events are gastrointestinal and neutropenia. How should we manage gastrointestinal adverse events? So I would differentiate between diarrhea 
and nausea and vomiting. And we have to differentiate between early or the delayed diarrhea. So for acute diarrhea, we should treat the cholinergic syndrome giving atropine. However, for delayed diarrhea, we have always to rule out infectious causes and to prescribe maybe loperamide or whatever the antidiarrheal is. In terms of nausea and vomiting, we always have to monitor patients. We have to premedicate with two or three drug antiemetic based regimen. Of course, in case of grade three or grade four nausea or vomiting, we have to stop the treatment and to wait to recover. What about neutropenia, which is the most frequent adverse event with SG? We have always to monitor the blood cell counts during treatments, and we should discard the use of GCSF for secondary prophylaxis. It is very important that if we have febrile neutropenia, we should, as soon as possible, initiate antibiotics, and we should not restart treatment until the neutrophil counts are higher than 1,500. Just one comment about infusion reactions. It might happen, so just take into account that sometimes we have to go for premedication. So now let's go back to the clinic. Sarah, do you have any other strategies you employ as a part of the multi-tribe team to help best address these adverse events? Thanks, Javier. So in our practice, when seeing a patient that's receiving sasetuzumab, govichikan, they're advised on the side effects of those injections on a regular basis going forward. For the late diarrhea, I always make sure patients at the start of therapy always have loperamide at home and that they know how to use it so that they're taking it as soon as it occurs. I think a bigger issue has been the neutropenia. And often after a few cycles, I'm starting patients on GCSF and then also checking for signs of infection. Sara, completely agree with that. In the next session, let's review the key adverse events associated with PARP inhibitors. So in this session, we'll be reviewing PARP inhibitors and their adverse events and how to manage those adverse events. So Dr. Cortez, how are you seeing these in your practice and how are you managing them? Well, Sarah, you know that PARP inhibitors, fortunately, they have adverse events. And gastrointestinal events, fatigue, and hematological toxicities are the most frequent ones. Of course, we have to monitor nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. We will prescribe antiemetics in case it is needed, not prophylactically, and we will reduce the dose or stop the treatment as needed. What about fatigue? Anemia is a frequent adverse event with these drugs, so we have to exclude anemia first. Non-pharmacological approaches might help here. Managing pain and sleep disturbance is always important to try to understand the causes of fatigue, and if needed, we could decrease the dose. What about hematological toxicities? Always important to monitor the blood counts monthly. In case of mild or moderate anemia, which is not unfrequent, let's consider different options, transfusion sometimes, or different factors. In case of severe toxicity, we have to stop treatments and maybe discuss also about decreasing the dose. Important to conduct a bone marrow or blood cytogenetic analysis a very unfrequent adverse event is MDS and leukemia. Again, in the range of 1 to 1.5%, but it's important to know that this might happen, to monitor hematological toxicity properly, and in case of melosuppression, clearly reduce the dose. Last but not least, pneumonitis. Let's be just with the eyes open to diagnose this event in case it happens. So I'd like to go back to you, Sarah, again. Are these 
the main concerns your patients have on PARP inhibitors? I would agree that these are the main concerns that you've discussed here. I think that one additional piece here is that this is an oral medication, so it's sort of on the onus of the patient to take that pill every single day. I think that you do need some more support from some nursing and pharmacy groups where you are to help make sure that the patient is receiving drug on time and taking it the way they should. Totally agree, Sarah. In the next session, we're going to really go into how a multidisciplinary approach can help us better manage patients with triple negative breast cancer, including those on novel treatment options. So, Sarah, it's amazing to be with you today. And let's try to discuss now how a multidisciplinary team can work together. Any thoughts about that? Thanks, Javier. So where I am, we have nurse practitioners and PAs and oncology nurses that support the medical oncologist. So we might be reiterating the potential side effects, giving them more information that can't just be given with their doctor visit and how to contact us. And we may be making sure that the patient has rescue medication at home. We also have a pharmacist who will make sure that the patient's actually getting the medication shipped to the patient's home and getting the refills when they need them and that there's no interactions between the medication and the pills they're already taking, if it's oral and if it's IV, the pharmacist will make sure that the infusions are safely given. Or if the patient's insurance isn't covering their infusions for some reason, we can usually get help through our social workers. Oh, that's amazing. So I think that this depends clearly hospital by hospital. I do not have all these teams, but I think that depending on the toxicity, we have different teams that might come in or come out but I think it's key to maintain a good team to optimize the management of the adverse events. Let me just show you an example. Ileal pneumonitis. Of course, we usually diagnose with the help of the nurses and the radiologists. We usually talk with the pneumologist. We talk maybe with the pharmacists and we all together discuss how to manage this adverse event. It's very important to integrate different uh, people whenever we think it is important for the management of the patient. So I agree. I think that in our practice, patients will develop a relationship with the oncology nurses and the oncology NPs and PAs and really confide in them about their worries about a new treatment that they may be getting, what side effects they might experience and how they would be treated for those side effects, what things could be prevented. So I definitely think having many people to help field those concerns is really important. We can help by addressing their physical symptoms as well as providing psychological support and counseling for the patients. I think that this is key. If we do not work together, our patients will not be treated in the best conditions. Thank you. In the final session, Dr. Cortez and I will discuss how to enhance long-term survivorship through multidisciplinary approaches. With these novel treatments, we have seen our patients living longer, and this, in my opinion, makes very important to make sure that the quality of life is maintained over the long term as well as possible. Can you tell us something about survivorship? Thanks, Javier. We know that the goal of care with patients with metastatic disease is to prolong their life with the best quality of life possible. A survey of triple negative patients showed that 70% wanted to live longer, but 50% said that they wanted to have a good quality of life while they were on therapy. So I think we all know that early palliative care is incredibly important. Where I am, the nurse practitioners and the nurses provide sort of an informal palliative care, but we also have a separate team that we can refer out to that's composed of nurse practitioners and physicians who provide palliative care to patients. But we do know that palliative care can improve quality of life and even potentially prolong patients' lives. 
So nurses can play a huge role in sort of complementing the physician's role with a patient. The physician can address the medication, treatment choice. They can look at scans, while the nurse can spend a lot of time really taking a good assessment of mental health, depression, things like that, symptoms like lymphedema or pain, and just other social issues that may be playing into the patient's experience of treatment. And address those and advocate for remedies for them. I think it's difficult, Sarah, to add anything to what you have said. Let me reinforce. Once again, drugs are great. Drugs improve outcomes. Patients live longer and live better. But we have to understand the adverse events. We have to manage them properly. And I think that we have to work in multidisciplinary teams. Nurses are, are key. You play a terrific role in the care of our patients. Thanks, Javier. I would like to thank you, Sarah, very, very much for being able to be with us today and to have this beautiful discussion. Thank you all for listening to us and hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.